Hi, it's Paul. Hi, it's Damo. And it's time for the PD Sports Podcast. With Damo and Paul. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 7 of the PD Sports Podcast. Today I have Damo with me. Damo, do you want to say hello to all the lovely hello listeners? Hello everybody, it's Damo. It's that time again. It's a Monday. It is time for the PD Sports Podcast. And Paulie. And we have one we have we have one other very special guest who I'll introduce. We have a returning uh, person with us today, Dom. Do you want to share yourself out hello. before we Intro get started? Is extravagant as demos, so I'll just uh, say a quick hello and happy to be here again. Uh, Dame, where are you going with what you I was you're actually going to say we have a special guest in Dom, but you just went straight to it, so it's all good. Uh, I just absolutely over the top of you but anyway let's get straight into it remember guys we are on all platforms so if you are listening on android you can't catch us via spotify if you're listening on apple on your iphone i should say you can catch us on apple podcast make sure you leave a review to let us know how we're going and ask some questions there if you like also we've got the discord which will be in the description of this episode so if you want to join in with the community in the stadium feel free to join so let's just get straight into it today boys i reckon because we've got a huge podcast it's going to be a very very long episode i think Straight away, covering the European semi-finals, both Champions League and Europa League. So, Dame, do you want to just quickly touch base on... Actually, I think Dom gave his thoughts on these as well, but he didn't give his thoughts after the first That's correct. What were our predictions and how close were we to getting these? Um, I think after the first leg, I said Real Madrid, you two said Chelsea, and then I think we all agreed on City. I was expecting, though, the City game to go to extra time and maybe possibly Pens, but City to edge it. Um, and then midweek, me and you during the podcast both said Chelsea after the one all draw, and we still, we obviously both stayed with City getting through. Um, as you can see, that has kind of happened. I think everyone as a neutral has got the final that we've wanted. We've got a team in City that are unreal, so good on the ball, versus a team like Chelsea that can make it very, very, very dogged and interesting against a, bet, a bigger side that keeps the ball because they're so good defensively. You saw that in the Premier League this week as well when they got a result over City. So I think we're in for one hell of a final. Also, pat on the back to the boys. We've got that one right. That is a prediction that we've all got right. So that's the first one that's happened on the podcast. Everyone pat themselves on the back. Very happy with that. that. Yeah, that's it. We'll take it and run. Um, and then we were split on the Villarreal Arsenal. Um, Paul was very adamantly for Arsenal going to get through. Yours truly, Damo, was that, that, and that confident in Villarreal. He actually put a Villarreal nil-nil Villarreal to qualify. And she came in, so I was very happy with that. Um, and I believe Dom was a bit on the fence and edging towards yeah. Villarreal. So we'll give Dom the credit. I can't remember too far, but so that's, that's, Dom, if, you, if I've got that wrong, no, I, I remind Villarreal, me. But, but I, was, I was close. Yeah, but yeah, I was very confident in Arsenal being poor. I have a lot written about that game because I watched that from start to finish because I had my money on it. But yeah, um, that game there, I cannot wait to get into. We're not going to do that one straight away. We're going to do the UCL first. But look, pat on the back to everybody in the in the podcast. You know, the last two weeks, me, Paul, Dom, we've got that one on the nail on the head. We've basically predicted what would happen here in the semi-finals over two competitions and. Well, if you want quality content, you're in the right spot, boys, and we're getting stuff right. So there we go. Exactly. So let's get stuck straight into it. So City versus PSG. 
Uh, I'll give my sort of view on it first because I actually haven't watched this game in its entirety. I've seen bits and pieces um, and I've sort of got the gist of it through having a read of a few things. So it's just City in that second leg. So that's what Damon and I spoke about last week was the, the tie was in City's hands and that was pretty evident throughout the game. Obviously going up or scoring early was massive for them um, as well. And then I think we saw some immaturity from the PSG side, which doesn't surprise me. It's not the first no, time some of these players have been involved in a lot of that ill discipline. Obviously, they were you know, frustrated, they were disappointed, and that shone through. So, as we all said, we picked City um, from the start, so it's not surprising to us that City got through. But Dame and Dom, feel free to give your more detailed thoughts on how this game went. Well, Dom, did you watch the game? I know I definitely did because these guys can see my notes that are written on the run sheet. And I watched that game, pretty much got up, missed maybe the first two minutes making a coffee and that was it. But Dom, you watched the City game. I know you watched the Chelsea game in its entirety because you're messaging me for it. No, I... Um, but any thoughts on the PSG City didn't game? Didn't catch it. I watched a mini-match. Yeah, uh, well, I'll give my thoughts on it first and then you boys can chip in and I've got some points to raise and we can discuss a few things about the City game because we've got some got so many questions that the Tires have brought up. Um, look, I thought um, Mbappe being a massive miss, he didn't get up for the game against City. I thought if there was half a chance Mbappe could have played, he would have played in the semi, second leg. Um, 51 years since Man City's last European final as well. Um, they were in the Cup Winners' Cup final many, many moons ago, obviously. Um, it's also Pep's uh, first European final since 2011. For a manager like Pep Guardiola to not be there in 10 years is quite out there. And I was actually very shocked, but it doesn't surprise me. I've been at City for a long while. That's crazy so, to think about. Um, it doesn't feel like it. He did have a bit of time off after buying Yeah, Munich that well, too. Though. And I think people forget that. It just feels like City's been at Pep for like ever. And we just forget um, that he had a life before City and he had a time off. Um, I forget about the time The first off. side ever... Yeah, um, the first English side to win 11 games in the UCL season. So, look, judging by just that alone, I think City deserves to win this UCL. Um, they are my pick. Uh, I know that's going to disappoint Dom, but we'll talk about the final in a bit more detail a little bit later. And into obviously, there'll probably be a podcast down the track before the UCL final on the UCL final. Um, but yeah, now I'm going to just talk about the game after getting all that out. Um, I put my coach's hat on, had my notes, had my little book that I have here. For those that don't come and watch the stream, Dame underscore 23, I'll plug the Discord and all that there as well. Um, I, I write everything in a book, even football manager stuff goes in the book. But I had my little book out, City's first goal, Edison take a bow. Now the boys, you've seen that on the highlights, but watching that live, it was kind of breathtaking from a goalkeeper coaching point of point of view he's got one movement for every sort of kick you know he takes one step and off that one step he can hit a 70 meter ball or he can hit a five meter pass or he can just clip it second line to a fullback he literally goes he basically just says yep make your run i'm gonna hit you on the foot 70 meters away um he's he's got the best distribution goalkeeper worldwide um i know even as a liverpool fan allison's distribution is crazy but edison's next level um, Especially from that footy kick. Oh, he's, well. he's so good. He holds the record, I think, for the longest kick, um, which I think he set uh, for the Guinness World Record um, with a breeze behind his back, but still, he's mental. Um, I think he is absolutely crazy. I think he deserves all the credit for the first goal. The first goal doesn't happen without a keeper of that quality and that sort of distribution. It's a ball that a centre mid would gawk over. Um, and then they were unbelievable for the whole entirety of the game. Um, the second goal, Phil Foden, Mares and De Bruyne, the combination was just second 
second to none next level. If you're an English fan, you watch Phil Foden's performance in the UCL second leg. Um, he was arguably man of the match. Mm-hmm. He was incredible. Um, I think if you're City, um, you're very confident. Um, your confidence has been knocked, obviously, a little bit after what happened on the weekend, but we'll talk about that game when we get to it as well. Um, and then, look, you guys mentioned it. After the second goal, the game descended into a bit of madness for PSG. Um, it's not the first time we've seen it. I've just got a few moments. Um, the red card of Di Maria was just a bit immature. Um, for, for a variety, was... Li- I thought it was pretty harsh, um, I think that in the modern... Yeah, there, I think, in the, I think in the modern day game, you know you're going to cop it. And I think it's just a moment of him just being upset and he's just you know, whatever, he, he snaps. Um, he doesn't do anything overly bad. And I actually think there was players out there that were a lot worse than what Di Maria was. Um, uh, you know, Verratti, I think, was flying into every challenge, just looking to, you know, really hurt someone. Um, Prada's through the ball and Zinchenko, I think he was on his floor. It was someone else and Zinchenko stepped in. They both got booked. Um, and Danilo and Kimbembe putting in borderline red card challenges. I don't know if you saw that in your highlights, but I think the Danilo one, he was double-footed off the floor, and I caught, I can't remember who it was now, um, high. Um, I thought he deserved to go, and I was surprised Vard didn't send him as well. Um, that, Whilst you're talking about that, I just want to add a little yeah. comment. Um, obviously, since this game, they've drawn in the league to Rennes as well, 1-0, and their title hopes are... Almost in the bin with three games to yeah. go. Yeah. Um, and then Kim Pembe got sent off this morning as well. So I think this is actually a bigger issue than people are maybe not talking about it enough. Like, I think there's a real saltiness at the moment to PSG. Like, they're just... They're not happy that it's not going their way. And then the league form's been up and down. And I just think, you know, what's going on under Poch? Because you just haven't seen this side of this team in so long and if they don't win the league in his first season then that is a massive they sacked under- Tuchel to get him it's in it's a massive underachievement and Tuchel's gone to a yeah. Champions League final <laughs> exactly um, I think that you've seen this from PSG in the past though uh, I think it stems from their culture. But that's when they've been immature. Yeah, this is a mature side that's got international experience. They shouldn't be doing it anymore. Um, I just think it comes with the stigma for playing PSG. They're a little bit oh, entitled, I would say. They feel like they're entitled to win everything in France. They feel like they're entitled to be in the Champions League final every year because they spend so much money and the players are so good that I feel like everyone that wasn't that PSG change would just feel like, oh, I'm an entitled player now. I deserve everything. And when things don't go your way, they carry on. Um, it's the same way that they carry on when they do something well. I remember it was Thiago Silva and Mark Quinios put in a challenge, I think, on Salah a couple years ago, and they were fist pumping and chest bumping, and I'm like going, the game's still got 40 minutes to go, what are you doing? You know, focus on the football. Um, and then later in that season, I think that's one of the years that they went out, um, trying to think who they went out to, and the game descended in the madness then. Uh, and then this descended in the madness... Uh, against Man City, and I really, really was thinking after se- after the seventy minute mark, I was like, "There's no point in this game even going ahead. It's literally PSG looking to break legs, and City players not looking to come off." I actually thought De Bruyne was going to get himself sent off for retaliation, which would have been a shame to miss a Champions League final. I think that's all PSG wanted was someone to retaliate, someone to get sent off. Ha ha! You can't play in a Champions League final now, and I just don't get if you're playing football at that level, why be like that? But to bring it back to a more of a positive. Mara is such a big big game player. He's now got two assists and three goals in the knockout yeah. stage. I've got a couple of questions to do with Mara's. First, I open up the floor. Is there anyone anyone wants to add to the PSG stuff before I get into the Mara's questions that I do have from the game? Um, 
No. Not Dom, anything about nah. PSG? Nah, I think you said it all. You pretty much covered everything there. Uh, all good. Mara's such a big game player. Two assists in three games. Is Raheem Sterling on the outer? This is a good this is a good one. Yes. Dom go for I it. I think yeah, he's gotta he's gotta leave. Pep's shown no faith in him. It's good. I, I think the big thing is that he played yep. midweek. Well, the weekend. weekend Pep showed his the hand. Fact that he started, and I mean, he's got, we'll get to it, but he rotated the team heavily, and Sterling starting, and yeah, he just he's such a confidence player, and he's just not playing week in week out anymore. Foden's taken. Foden's nineteen. Spot. I know it's a different is. type of player. And he's, he's, he's blitzing. Even, it. He's not going to put Sterling, who's what six, seven years older than him. I think Sterling's got to Sterling's got to think about his yeah. future there if he wants to be in that England squad. In the years to come, I reckon he's got to look elsewhere. I agree. Yeah, for someone that did improve so much under Pep initially, he's kind of stagnated yeah. a bit, I think. But yeah, Dame, do you want to just yeah. carry on? And what yeah, you think well, well, Raheem well do? do you think Sterling's happy to play second fiddle, knowing that he's going to be fighting for multiple titles throughout his career at City? It's the whole reason he left Liverpool I've was to win things. Thing. And I've got one thing that he could yeah. do. Could he be that person to transition into the middle? Nah. I don't think he has the body for it. I think he has the mind, and but I think he has City the feet. City never had a big body striker, though. Uh, nah, oh, you're still conf- I was thinking, like, as an eight, what you're saying. No, no, as a nine. Um, that, I disagree. I don't think he has the understanding of the positional play, when to drop in deep and get on the ball, when to go beyond. Uh, the players that have done it, it's usually guys that have played across the free but can play in the 10. Sterling looks a lot lost down the middle. We never did, In our massive season, we never played him through the middle as well. You know, It was always Suarez or Sturridge that played through the middle in the SAS days, um, and Sterling was played either, either side. So um, I don't think Sterling has... You'd like to think now that he's mid-20s, you'd like to think that he's got enough knowledge of the game to go... All right, well, clearly I'm not fitting in this system. You know, Aguero initially got dropped. A striker of Aguero's quality initially got dropped under Pep. So it shows that you could probably learn how to play that role. Yeah. That's just my assumption. That's just, if he wants to stay, I don't think he plays out wide. But no, is his finishing, just, is he good enough, is he good enough as a finisher to play as a nine? Mm. He's developed his finishing, whether that's enough. Big question. My big, my big thing is... I'd say no at the yeah. moment. But... He is talented, my, and it wouldn't surprise me if he does figure My out. big thing is is that if Sterling was to play as a nine, why hasn't Pep tried it this season then yet? He's played he's played De Bruyne there, he's uh, played the Foden fact, there. The, the, fact, the fact that Pep hasn't gone out there and he's used Foden, De Bruyne, Jesus, Aguero in the yeah. nine, um, Bernardo Silva's played nine, why, and he hasn't used Sterling, kind of tells you that he doesn't think Sterling can play in the nine. Yeah. So, for me, if a coach like Pep saying, no, he can't, then I don't think he can. And from what I've seen, I don't think he can either. My question goes to you, Paul. Would you welcome him back into this Liverpool oh, team we go. right now? No. You wouldn't? No. Not the type of player we need. Doesn't have the work rate. Oh. I don't think he plays that left wing role the way Mane does. I wouldn't look. Don't get me wrong. I don't like how he left. Um, I actually preferred how Coutinho left compared to Sterling. Um, I wouldn't be opposed only because he provides that little bit something different than what the front three do do at the moment, and might provide you know might pick the lock. If he was happy to come back to Liverpool, understand that he wouldn't be a hundred percent nailed on, but at the same stage would be playing a lot of minutes. 
I would take him because it's better to have Sterling as depth than it is Shakiri. But in saying that, then City would but just you're not going to get him for cheap anyway as well. So to begin with, I'm on the fence. Uh, I wouldn't say no, but I wouldn't say yeah. Make him your main his, target to bring him back. His wages will be astronomical I'd to say begin Leicester. with. Yeah, he would. Yeah, Leicester would be unreal at Leicester. Leicester with Champions yeah, a hundred percent agree. Leicester would be perfect for him with Harvey Barnes one side and, and yeah, that's another point we got to talk Sterling. about. Yeah, Sterling's in the other. Oh. You're yeah, that would be, like, if you look, if you're talking about a team of Jamie Vardy, Tillemans, oh. Tillemans, Barnes, Sterling, you're talking about Yasuindindi, and then you got Madison as oh, well. What a team! Oh, Leicester, they kind of need to make Champions League. Will they? But think, what about need, his wages? Yeah, that's true. Will he take a wage cut? This is going to be a big... That's the I don't point. think he does. The point is, do I want to start? Look, he's not going to take a huge... Well, he'll probably take a big he's on astronomical at City. You know, end of the day, end of the day, you play football to want to play. Like, end of the day, yeah, if you're going to play Champions League football, you might lose 80 grand a week. When you're making 100 and You've made as much as you have already. Yeah. You know... Yeah, and he's already made his money. You know what I mean? Like, he's not struggling for money. So, I think, yeah, a, a Leicester, a team that's established at the top end of the table, I think that would be... Arsenal's worth a no. where he, fits. he Arsenal was smart. No, no. Leicester, Leicester, home. have a bit of money. Leicester, Leicester, I, I mean, obviously, is yeah. the go-to, I think, fits him perfectly. But I think if you're Arsenal Football yeah. Club at the moment, you could take a punt on him as well. Oh, 100% yeah. you could, but... We'll get to Arsenal. I'm ready to talk about oh, Arsenal. I'm ready. I've been ready all day. Anyhow, that 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 I think that kind of covers the City PSG game. Mara's two PSG two nil. PSG two nil. City two nil. PSG out. Thank God for that. And look, we got that one right, boys. All right, Chelsea versus Real Madrid. Dom, this is the whole reason you're here. So you, wow, thanks, get, Demo. Take the floor, my man. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Feels good. Feels you're really welcome. good. Yes, we know how it feels, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully we get to feel Did you watch it, Damo? So, Dom, key takeaways. Oh, what were your key, take- key takeaways? If I get my over the both of the legs, I think we should have absolutely killed them. We absolutely killed them over the two legs. I think XG was about 5.7 to 1.2 or something. And I know your football manager boys, you love your XG, and I do also. Oh, we do. That says it all. Um the Madrid had Madrid. This is talking about the second leg. They had quite a bit of possession. They just couldn't break our lines down. And I think I said when I was on last time. I think Tuchel was tactically superior. He would be tactically superior ahead of Zidane, and I think he was. They just couldn't get through. They had nothing in that second leg. Um, and touching on another thing, I think Kante. I think he's just really proved to, to everyone he's the best defensive-minded midfielder in the world. Two. Ma- to, uh, both legs is man of the match. Agreed. Unbelievable. Yeah, I think the big thing that I took away from this tie was that you can't let Chelsea score. No, no. you can't no. let them have that dominance because they are a real tough team to crack. The Tuchel's come in, and I don't know what the hell he's done, but neither they are a team that you need to have them going at you you can't be you know as we as you said Madrid had possession because you allow teams to have possession which isn't an issue because the way the game's played now you're more likely to score when there are less players around the box and how do you do that on the break 
You draw people in, hit them on exactly. the break. So I respect the way he plays. I it. do too. Um, I think this game highlights that modern day football possession is overrated. Uh, I think Real Madrid yeah. kept the ball, but if you look at their heat map where they kept the ball, watching this game, it was something beautiful to watch as a coach, watching a quality coach in Tuchel go about his work. And he just let Madrid have it in areas where they weren't going to hurt Chelsea at all. They were like saying, yeah, knock it between your centre-backs. It doesn't really bother me. Yeah, knock it between your two centre-mids. I've still got a bank of three and a bank of five behind, which you have to break down anyway. And then when they did look to go forward and try and break them down, oh, there's no space because Conte's controlling the middle of the line. Um, the, you know, the five of the back line's controlling all the space and just forcing them in that outside U-shape so wide that they can't hurt you from there. The only time they looked like scoring was if they were going to whip a ball from, you know, deep or from very far on the touchline, and it was pinpoint. And there was one chance, and Benzema had a chance, and Mendy made the save, and that's what you have a quality yeah. keeper in for. Um, yeah, I think if a... Benzema had that again, he would try to header it down. It was a great save by Mendy. Yeah. But that's really the only thing they had, and it was because... Chelsea let them have the ball in areas where it wouldn't hurt them. And in the end, that chance comes from an unruled ball. And I've said it to Paul many times ago, and it's very much like what I said to Paul when we lost to Chelsea when Gerrard slipped under Mourinho and they time-wasted the whole day at Anfield where we ultimately lost the title that year. Um, I, I said, you can't go through or, you know, you can't go through, you can't, you know, you can't beat the wall. The only way to go through the wall is around. And that's kind of what happened here. And the one chance Madrid got was going around the wall with a ball that was unreal, right? And if that's what it's going to take, a ball that is pinpoint to a guy that's good a enough to finish it. One in a hundred ball. Yeah, then that'd be it. It then, just yeah, proves that possession's overrated. Unless you have the technicians of Manchester City who have so many quality players that can pick the lock, then you're not going to find many teams that are going to break Chelsea down easy. Full stop. What I don't understand, so it's not just a Chelsea thing. This is against all teams that play a similar three slash five back, you know, low block system. Is why don't you just commit your fullbacks regardless? Like I, I I've watched enough games where the fullbacks sit in these areas where they're not threatening, but they sit, you know, twenty meters away from the edge of the box. Just make the run anyway. Like just take the fullbacks away from. Being comfortable, like I just always think, like even if you're not going to get the ball, why do these fullbacks not just say, "All right, for the next ten minutes, I'm just going. If I get it, good. If I don't, at least I'm creating some space." Like it, I don't know. I just feel like teams panic against teams that sit yeah. back. They're too scared to just throw people into dangerous areas, regardless of if they're going to get the ball. Look, worst case scenario, you look over your shoulder, the ball's not coming. You back, you know, you back off ten meters and you go again. Like I just don't. I agree. I've never been able to understand why people don't just throw numbers into into those wide channels just to stretch the team out. Because then at least if you've got quality in the middle, all it is is a ball through and you've got defenders going all over the place, don't know where to go. I totally agree. Um, I feel like that just comes from the mantra of we want possession and it's all well and good. But against teams like that, you've got to move the opposition. I've always said when I've coached and I'm coaching attacking movement, I've always said your run isn't necessarily to get the ball. Your run is to move the opposition to create space for someone else to get the ball, right? If you get the ball, great, you've done your job. But your run might be going wide down the left-hand side. You pull the left-back out of position, great. Your nine now slips in between centre-back and left-back. All of a sudden, he's got the ball and they're backtracking now. 
great. If your yeah. run you're as a left wing or a, left, or a right wing or a right back is taking the left back away, has created that space for that to happen. I feel like a lot of teams get lulled into the fact that, well, we know that there's a wall there. We might as well keep the ball until they move. But you've got to be proactive and penetrate with movement to make the defence move. And I think a lot of teams don't particularly go about that way enough. Um, I think Real Madrid tried to do it towards the end, but that's because I needed like two, what, I needed two free goals and 10 minutes, and they then did no desperation. But that's something that should have happened a lot earlier. And I think that comes down to Zidane not me maybe being as tactically um, comfortable as Tuchel, if that's the word that I can use. Comfortable, it's not the right word. Proficient, that's probably a better word. Um, yeah, Damon's got vocabulary. Who would have thought? Oh, no, I've pronounced that wrong. That's horrid. Anyhow, um, we uh, we saw it there that he never gave that sort of instruction. He never thought it was poor trade to the Real Madrid players. Go make movement. You know, go. It's almost you're almost saying to him, if you're playing a four three three, play with five up top. You've got you don't need two. You only need two at the back because I've only got one striker, and even he's behind the ball. Um, right? Yeah. Make their wingers drop. Make make their wingers drop and tuck in like they normally do. Go great, not a problem. Now I've got five options. All it's going to take is one to come short, one to go over beyond. What happens if the winger drops in and then the fullback makes the run? You know, all those sort of things. We never saw it. Um, you when you watch City at their pomp against teams that are parking the bus, so to say, and I'm not saying Chelsea park the bus. I feel there's a difference between parking the bus and what Chelsea do. But against teams that drop deep against City, you will watch and pause games of football and they will have five guys across the front line looking to make runs in defeat to com- combine for short one-two little intricate stuff. And then they have guys that, if it's not the fullback, it's a centre mid that's actually ran wide and the fullback's tucked inside. You'll see that they will play an inverted wingback at Times City, and that will allow them to have five up there, and that's how they move the opposition around to create the space, the breakdown teams that will sit there, you know, and try and be absolutely comfortable against them. Um, the difference that puts Chelsea apart from teams that maybe part the bus is Chelsea, once they win the ball, actually play a very good brand of football. Teams that generally part the bus, per se, will just knock it long. Chelsea, when they're on the ball, they, they are very good. Uh, the forward movement of the midfield players, Mason Mount, um, you know, Pulisic, when he get when he might gets without the ball, um, it, it's just it's the runs that they make. You know, it's forward penetrating runs on the break, and it, it, it you've got to think about it from Real Madrid. Oh my God, I'm a centre back. What do I, what do I do? do? I follow the one. Do I go to the ball? What do I do? Next minute, you carve the part. Uh, very, very similar to how they scored the first goal in the first leg. You know, the, the run and the movement. That's the way football That's That's modern day football. Uh, that's why I think that this final was going to be such a good game because you're going to have the cut and thrust of City trying to break them down, but they will push numbers and they'll have five guys across the forward line to look to break down um, Chelsea. And you have Chelsea do what they did on the weekend and be dogged and stick to the plan and still play good football and have the quality to score. Yeah, and I think that's what made this tie really intriguing. And again, just to reiterate, that's what's going to make the final so intriguing as well, which we'll touch on towards the end of the podcast when we review the game at the weekend. But I think it's time to have a a bit of a discussion about some of the Europa League. I do have a thing to bring up for the Real Madrid side. We haven't really talked about Madrid. A lot of that was Chelsea. Um, I do have a question to the floor. Uh, where to now from Madrid? Um, they've got an old squad. The average age is 29. Uh, they looked a little bit legless and a little bit short of quality against Chelsea over two legs, I thought, especially going forward. 
Where to now for the Galacticos? Is it time for them to splash major cash again? Have they rich enough to splash the cash? I don't think they got the cash to splash. Yeah, Dom, I'll let you tell this. Yeah, I don't think they got the cash to splash. You got to splash it? Yeah. I don't think they do either. Do they have to sell people to splash it on the right players? Yeah, well, who's they got that? Who, who draws it's value? I that bad. Varane? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but do you really want to sell Varane? That's the thing. Vinicius Junior. Well, yeah. But... See, I think I think that's not a bad sale for them if they get the right price, but then they have to bring someone else in. Bale. Does he have? Does he hold any value? Gareth. He gets rid of a couple hundred yeah, grand a week. True. Wage blue. Because <laughs> they're probably I don't know what Spurs are paying him. But no, I think Madrid are paying wage. a bit of his wage still. Half. Yeah. So regardless, that's big money. I actually don't think. The situation is as bad as everyone thinks. I just feel like in the big games, because I don't watch Madrid every week, I feel like you see their same team in the big games. But during in the league, I think guys like Rodrigo, Lucas Vasquez, you know, I can't think of any of their midfielders that are young, just, you know, upcoming midfielders. But I feel like when, whenever I watch those bigger sides in Spain randomly on being sport, they do have kids playing in the league. I just don't think we see them enough. So maybe it's just time to maybe put a bit of faith in those kids. Just let them play. Let them play big games because how they're gonna? How are you gonna know what? you've Only got thing I'm gonna say unless they getting about the kids is that they're called the Galacticos for a reason. They went against what Barcelona did and went out and bought their yeah. superstars and went out and bought ready-made players. That's kind of the mantra at Real Madrid. So I don't think Real Madrid decide to go. Okay, time to put it in the kids. I feel like, but this is a broke, broke yeah, club. It should, man. it like, should, yeah, it should be the mantra there, but it's not. I think if this was Barcelona we're talking about, and this was the problem for Barcelona, yeah, we would go. Look, they've got an academy set up and whatever. Real Madrid still have an academy set up, great. But what's the last kid you remember coming through the Real Madrid academy to play for Real Madrid? Probably, it'd be like yeah, Vasquez. Raúl. <laughs> uh, um, That's in the current I mean, side. Yeah, exactly. No, a player that you went on to be a force in world football. Marcus Alonso. I'd yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'll give Marcus Alonso. No, nah, product of the youth, though. Yeah, but... Who is there? Look, I'm trying if to we think have to, If we have to say If we have to say Marcus Alonso and then go back to Rio, it kind of highlights the point that Madrid's never been that side to produce kids to play for him, ever. We're in the current... I just don't yeah. think they're, they're not patient enough. Um, I think that they'll find money from somewhere. Um, they're building a new stadium and they don't even need it. So, yeah, Real Madrid. I think it's just a club that's been mismanaged, and it, I don't want to say that it could be the end of Madrid dominance. Or nah, Madrid. you can never say that. So, you know, you can never say that about Madrid in Spain. But I think this is the coming to the point where it's coming to the end of Madrid being a team that you would fear in the Champions League. I think it's now. Oh, I've been drawn into the group of Madrid. Great, it's probably going to be two wins. Is what we're going to go to and then Richard's always going to make the four because they're one of the bigger teams in Spain they're not going to be a team that's going to be like oh my god it's Real Madrid it's going to be yeah Madrid's aging Madrid don't have the players great we've got better quality off we go I still can't believe we lost to them over I still can't believe we didn't either I I honestly believe that if we played Chelsea over two legs it would be very very interesting like this would have been a better yeah, tie. Yeah, this tie would have been a lot better. I think we would have moved Chelsea around and Chelsea would have been able to break against us very well. I think this would have been a very high-scoring tie if this is Liverpool-Chelsea, but unfortunately, we weren't good enough against Madrid. But anyway, yeah, I think it's time. Let's touch on the Roma being United. First, yeah. Again. That's going to be pretty easy what, to talk I think, about. Watch so, the match of this. Yeah, 8-3 oh, in a European semi-final. Went against 
yeah, just went, uh, yeah, five eight. It just went against the grain, you know. Like every other tire was tight until a certain point, where this tire just was free flowing. It was good football. We spoke about the first leg last week, and what a reaction from Roma, really. Like with nothing to really play for in the league, they're guaranteed for you. Yeah, I wrote that in my notes. League for next year, I think. So there's still European football to some degree. Obviously, announcing Mourinho. I don't know what it is with Mourinho, but we managed to miss him every podcast. So it's not going to surprise me if tomorrow some news about Mourinho comes out again. But we tend to miss him or news breaks whilst we're recording. So I think Roma's a team I'm really going to be looking at next year year and seeing what happens because I think they're quite a bit off in Syria. They're comfortably seventh, but the top six is really going to be hard to, to break into. So I think Mourinho is a... Re- I didn't think this. I didn't think I was going to say this either, but I think he's actually a really good appointment for Roma because they're a side who are going to be backs against the wall. They're not going to be expected to go and dominate the big sides. And I just, I don't know, I feel like his last two jobs, he's been at massive clubs with a massive rebuild. And I'm not saying Roma's not a massive club, but in the grand scheme of things, they are miles off. And I reckon he's the guy that will go there and close I reckon it suits him because it allows him to play his pragmatic football, really sit there, absorb, big dog you, fire it into a physical striker there. Very, you know, too fast. Dan Dzeko, the new... Diego yeah, Costa. the modern day 2005 Chelsea-esque sort of system. <laughs> he loves a big striker too. I think too. that works in the league too. Like, Italian football I think suits Yeah, We want to treble there. Italian football. Yeah, well look, I think it's just because the... Look, I'm Italian, I can say it. The league's boring at times. The football isn't particularly great. Look, we're born as Italians. We're bred on defensive football. Even when I coach, my philosophy is all about... What can I do to win the ball back? Where do I want to win the ball back? Not how I'm going to score. It's how am I going to be in without the ball, right? And that's kind of what you built up as an Italian. Um, and you see that in the Serie A a lot. A lot of teams set up five at the back. A lot of teams, you know, sit deep. And that's why when it comes to Italian teams and you play them in Europe, most times, regardless, this is an outlier, most times or not, Italian teams are really hard to break down. Um, and then once you've broken down a couple of times, you usually run away with it. Uh, this obviously was the outlier because full credit to Roma, one nil down, new manager coming in, you're already out, and they turned it around and won the game three two. That shows to Mourinho that I think there's a project there for him that he will enjoy, and I think it just it suits him because, like Paul said, he's not expected to do anything, and it wouldn't surprise me that he goes there first. You know, no one expects Roma to do nothing. Next minute, he's played this boring Mourinho brand of football, but it works in the league. He's finished top four. Oh, it's a pretty big, big stretch. I'd say for Roma, if they can just comfortably re-qualify for the Europa League, I think that's that's where they're at. A pass yeah. mark, but it yeah, wouldn't surprise Mourinho does a Mourinho and just first season bang. You never know, and that's what's going to be interesting. I think that's really what I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing is what happens. Like he needs money, you know, Chris Smalling and Mkhitaryan. Don't be surprised if uh, they move on because they went to Rome to get away from yeah. him. So, like, you know, about, especially the way Chris Smalling's been playing, he's been fantastic. So, Interesting. it wouldn't surprise me if 
you could get a decent fee for Chris Smalling if he wants to come back to the Premier League. Mkhitaryan, who knows where he's going. He's over the other side of 30, so it wouldn't surprise me if he just goes to Turkish somewhere where he's going to yeah, Turkish football. League, something like that. Get, 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 yeah, he's going to go get his money. Yeah, you could yeah. see that. Maybe go join up with Mesut yeah, Ozil yeah, again. Yeah, something like that, I reckon, for, for Mkhitaryan. Um, so, for United side... Oh, sorry, Dombey. No, nah, I said I could see him in the Turkish League. Ah, easy. So for the United side of this debate yep. or this tie, I find it very hard in a one-off game not seeing United winning Same. the Europa League. Hard to say. I, I, I am going to go out on a limb here. And this is not me being biased. Expect Villarreal to be dogged like Chelsea and it wouldn't surprise me in a one-off game Villarreal wins this final. I would love to see it. I'd love yeah, to see I mean, it. I'm... I'm, so would I. Well, I, you guys, you weren't funny with me that I predicted them to beat Arsenal. You might get a little bit funny with me now, but I think Villarreal is the sort of team that could nah, look, do United over over 90 minutes. I think United and Arsenal were miles ahead. My, sorry, I my, think United sorry. are miles sorry, ahead sorry, of them, but I think sorry, Villarreal are no. the sort of side... Sorry, I meant they're miles apart. Don't want, yeah, I know what you meant. I know what you meant. I know United are up here and there's 50 million pieces of shit and then it's Arsenal, right? Sorry, Mr. Shadow, but that's kind of where it is at the moment. Um, if you go to Villarreal, I, they have the squad, they have the manager. I just, I can see it happening. It's, I don't think they've got the squad to match United, I, though. It's another It's, it's an experienced squad, and I was really impressed with them over two legs against Arsenal. I'm not saying that they're going to do it. I'm just saying don't be surprised if it happens. Yeah, and then look at the, who he's managing as well. This is Ollie's first final. This is Emery's fifth Europa League. So Emery knows. <laughs> yeah, for, from that perspective, like Emery's going to know how to set his team up. He's ingrained with the way he wants his teams to play. The other factor that no one really mentions is Man United really, they're not playing for anything. They're playing for pride yep. and they're playing for Ollie. Yep. Villarreal sitting, what, seventh, eighth? They need to win this. Yeah, they need to win this to make the Champions League. They are playing for European football generally. So, yeah, that factor is big, but I just find it hard. I would love it for Villarreal to go and get the job done, but I think this United side, just the the quality all over the pitch, they're not second in the Premier League for no reason. That's how I I think, yeah. Anyway... Yeah, you say yeah. both on. I would love to see Emery win another one, but nah, I just don't see it. Oh, yeah. We should so talk about the Arsenal to... Villarreal game. Yeah, good evening. Good evening. <laughs> I said that. That's <laughs> the first thing I said to Shadow in the in the chat. When I, when after that, like, it was 6.30 in the morning for us. And the first thing I think I typed in my Discord, good evening. <laughs> so this really disappointed me. Um, Arsenal really Oh I have got So much to talk about In this game Oh We are going to go ham So I This just showed This tie How Naive The board were 18 months ago Agreed Arteta Got anything And everything Oh yes I have it in my notes And I thought I thought He would have learnt after not playing with a striker, don't do something dumb. And what does he do when they're chasing a goal? He takes off the captain. Who just hit the post. For a, for a yeah, he just hit the post. It's in my scored. notes. 
Oh, sorry. I no, 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 no. It's good. I, I'm loving that you're saying it. It's in my notes because I just want to. I want to go ham at him. It's just. It makes no. Let's just start there because. It's oh yeah, just, we can start with that part of my notes. Me. I'm not gonna. You're chasing. How do you? Why are you playing four one four one when you're chasing a goal? At home. That's what Bayern used to play. When they're saying I'm at home and we're gonna score six because I've got Lewandowski and I've got the best team in yeah. the world. Like I just don't get or I, I, I'm going to contradict myself here I don't get how he's got a job but I know yeah like, exactly just, I know what you mean oh it's just frustrating like as someone that watches so much football I don't get how this guy who's played Premier League for 10 plus years worked under Guardiola does not understand yeah that means nothing to me being a coach under somebody because I don't know, he just puts the cones out. No, Clearly, I, I, totally di- out. I totally disagree with that statement. Sorry, I'm going to just stop this here. Look, oh, look, look what Pep done. learned under Kareef. Uh, I'm sorry, if you're uh, when they signed Arteta, I thought it was a great sign of Arsenal. I'm going to put that out there. Because no, he has learned the mantra of what Pep Guardiola is. Pep went and handpicked him as his assistant. There's clearly an understanding. Clearly you want to know what happened? He went mad. He went mad. He lost his head. And he's Arteta backwards. lost his head. That's what he did. He lost his head. There was games where he had Odegaard at defensive midfield. Odegaard. The guy lost his head because he couldn't figure a, it out. So he's he, no, you know what it is? It, and I, he's copying Pep. He hasn't learned anything. He's copying I, The next night, he goes and plays a false night. Yep. That's all. The next night he goes and plays a false nine. Panics. Doesn't know yeah. what to do. You've got Gabriel Martinelli sitting there, who's a natural number nine, and he oh refuses to use him. Let's number go. one. He's got Saka. He's yes. got a left-back problem. Refuses to use Saka at yep. left-back. He takes his former captain out of midfield. If you're such a good manager, learn from the people around you. Klopp took Fabinho out of our midfield, and it screwed us for a season. This is what I'm talking about. How many of Sir Alex Ferguson's assistants kicked on? None of them. Not one of them. So don't... You can be with a good coach or good manager. doesn't mean you've got it as well. And I'm of that opinion that Arteta needed time. He doesn't need... This job is way, oh, way too early too for big. Arteta in his He's career. He's no backing. I'm not saying Arteta's never going to be a good manager. I'm saying right now he should not be at Arsenal. Agreed. Anyhow, I want to talk about... Why? I totally agree, right? I 100% agree. I just disagree with the statement that if you're in a city, you're just putting out cones or whatever. I've, as a coach personally, I've learned my learnt my best stuff after working some of the coaches that have, you know, now have got quite a distinguished career here in Australia, you know. But and I, I think that my understanding of football is a lot but better. You're not going to no, 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 no. Yeah, that's the difference because I know in my coaching career, it's way too early for that. I wouldn't be doing that for the next ten years, right? Arteta got the job. Oh yeah, great, I've got it. And what he's done is he's panicked, and you can kind of understand he's panicked because he's not got the experience to draw upon. That before you go yeah. into it, before you go into it, do you want to know why he's got the job? I've got two go, things to go, say. Go, 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 go. Yep. Cheap. Doesn't have to pay no, a big not wage. At all. I hundred percent agree. And this is that's just, that's the smaller yeah. argument. The bigger argument is he's never going to say no. That is true. He will do what he is told exactly to do. Exactly correct. Because he's too scared to say, "I want this. I want that. Give me this. Give me that." And it's a weak, spineless uh, acquisition by the board because it's another. Puppet. Yeah, I agree. And that's the reason why Emery lost his job because Emery went out in the media and said, "I need this and I need that and blah 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 blah." And he focused on the Europa League and he bottled. He didn't bottle it, but they they lost some big games in the league. 
that cost them Champions League and then gone. Why is Arteta not being sacked for not, you know, being a lot worse than Emery because he hasn't come out and said stuff against I I 100% agree. I just think he hasn't been sacked because it's so close to the end of the season. They might do it at the end of the season. I said, nah, they won't. No, they already said they're going to back him. They came out And the exact same thing will happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They've said he has pre-season and the transfer window, which I think... I think that's horrid. I didn't hear that. So, ah. Yeah, I think I... I but let's just say... I didn't have heard that, just, so Hypothetically, they sack him. Who's going to... Who's notable no one wants that wants to coach them? Nobody. Uh, it's a double-edged sword, though, because you could go in... Like, to, to be the person that goes in there yeah, in terms with of... with what? Rent, no financial backing? Actually, I'll take, I'll take it, I'll take it no back. Budget. I don't want to... With no yeah. back, with no backing, though, that makes it so. Look, I take it back. No I, I won the UCL on Football Manager last night. I'm just as qualified to go take that. You're probably a better job, manager. So, than him. You know, let's go. I think we could do a better job. I think all three of us at the minute. Whoever takes that job, oh, David tough. Moyes, get it in. Nah, I know no, it would wouldn't happen. I would, I would, I would, I would, I know it wouldn't happen. What manager would want to leave a club? I'm just saying it for the memes. Doing well to go there. Because the issue is, no established manager is no going to want to go there, but the board's not going to hire them. So because the board don't want pushback from the no, manager. not at all. So this whole debacle relies on Arsenal. Being oh strong. yeah, it does, and hopefully they do for the good of Arsenal Football Club. None of us here are affiliated with Arsenal. Me and Paul support Liverpool. Dom's a massive Chelsea supporter. But for the good of football, the good of the Premier League, and for the good of Arsenal, Arsenal supporters, and there's a lot in our community. We hope you get sold. I think we do. It's just and yeah. oh, 100%. Fans. As funny as it is, I've almost yeah. It's, just, almost yeah, it's got to say, there's a lot of people out there that it's really affecting, and I really it's, hope one day they do get it's sold. It's past banter now. It's just sad. That whole club is sad. Yeah, top to bottom. Yeah, depressing. Yeah, should we focus back on this new new game of Arsenal Villarreal? I think which it all leads into it. Perfectly sad. predicted by like me. Like I just said, sad. Yeah. It, it is yeah, sad. That's, you can't really say much else. You're talking about a team with such proud history, yeah. a European pedigree, with a good team. It's not a There's shit donkey team. There. Like you look at it on paper, but every team's got donkeys. It's capable. Like, exactly, it's capable though. Like it's just you, you can only point the finger at so exactly. much. Like it's but the thing with Arteta. Like I don't want to attack him all the time but it's just like the little decisions in games that just don't make sense no no and that's what I want to speak no, I, want, I want to speak about it can I speak about it for a bit and relate it to the Villarreal yeah. game because um, I think yeah. it will bring up a different because at the moment we're hating on Arteta and we're not really saying too much about what happened to the Villarreal game I, I want to relate this solely to the Villarreal game because I think it highlights what's wrong with Arteta and the lack of experience between the lineup and the subs that he made, I think Arteta got it so wrong, right? We, I think we all understand that we agree. What, what I couldn't fathom is, is you're, you need a goal, and he took off his probably most creative midfield player, Odegaard. And what he, he didn't bring in anyone of quality really on. I don't understand how you can't you take off Odegaard, your most creative sort of midfield player, and not take off someone else if you want to make a different change, right? My second thing is he brings on Martinelli, who really should have started. Paul said if he doesn't start, he's lost his head. In the podcast midweek before they played this game, 100% agree. I didn't understand why Martinelli did not start this game. And then the big one for me is he took a boomerang off 
right after he hits the post. He literally hit the post, the ball went out of play, and he took him off. If I'm about to make a sub as a coach, I need to chase a goal, and someone just hits the post. Mate, give me an extra, next time the ball goes out, I'll make a different sub. Because clearly this guy might find me a goal, right? It's like having Mohamed Salah needing you a goal in a Champions League final next year, and it's a, you know, 80th minute, and he's having a dead, dogged, shocking game. doesn't matter. It's Mohamed Salah. Leave him out there. He might produce that moment of brilliance that gets you back in the tie. It's the same with a boomerang. And that's, that's the, the difference. difference. He, difference. Where Klopp may go, you know what, as much as I know Salah's having a bad game, he might produce something off. I might take off another centre-back and go free at the back, or I might you know take off a centre-mid and go two up top sort of thing and change the system like that. You want to know what Ateta did? He said, no, I'm going to go like for like and just change players. What would You want to know when he went to up top? 91st minute, because he brought Eddie Nip... I can't pronounce his last name. Nipkin, Nip... Nipkedia, whatever the frick he is. The donkey. He's horrid, right? (laughs) Um, That's the only time he went to up top in the 91st minute. Yeah, how's a guy going to do it? The, uh, but the thing I could have... It's a track what, record of him what's doing the, uh, what, yeah, what, what I don't get is when he does bring Lacazette on, it's 10 minutes to go. Dom, there's a guy that I want to talk about to you. There was an ex-Fulham coach. You used to sit on the bench with me. I used to have chicken burgers on the bench. And he used to turn to you and he used to go with five minutes to go and the game be level with behind. Go, go get me a goal with five minutes. I mean, he used to joke after games going, uh, what are you meant to do in five minutes? You know exactly who I'm talking about. I'm not going to name him because Adelaide's small, right? But it's the same thing. What's Lacazette going to do with 10 minutes? He might get can one I, sniff of goal. Can I touch on that? What's, what's the other players thinking? They see their captain, their, their talisman, get taken off. Yeah, and minutes, they, they think, off. well, we're fucked. Yeah. We're not winning this. Yeah, exactly. The way Villarreal was... The guy that's won them cuts. Who else can and score this a is where an experienced manager... This is where an experienced manager, I was watching that game, I was screaming at the, the thing. I was screaming first because I actually didn't want Arsenal to score because it became evident Villarreal. When it got to about 70 minutes past, they were like, you know what, we're just going to get a new new draw here and we're fine, right? Um, and for me personally, that was great because, you know, money in my back pocket, great, right? But I was screaming with my coach's hat on at my computer screen at six in the morning going, why is he persisting with a four at the back 4-1-4-1 sort of system and not changing it when they've only playing not even one up top. It's a big thing as a coach. You do not need four guys back there to marshal one. You might need three. Hey, you might, what you say to it, it's a three at the back, but really the guy in the middle steps into the middle of the park when you have the ball and you play two against one because the two's going to win against the one striker if they leave one up there, Villarreal. You may as well flutter the middle of the park, throw in on the extra striker, take Lacazette on and take it off Rob Holding, for instance, right? And keep the booming on. But a manager of his experience under that pressure in a semi-final faltered. A- an experienced manager, like Allegri, if he came out of retirement and took this job, which I think is the only decent coach they could get, but I don't think it would happen, would have done something different m- tactically. We're not saying that it would have worked, but it would have made more sense than what Arteta did on the night. Agreed? Show yeah, intent. exactly. That's the thing. Like, it doesn't show intent at all. Like You're chasing a, your spot in Europe, and it just showed that he's just too scared yep. to make a big The only decision. other thing I think he got wrong is that Leno didn't start. Leno started over Matt Ryan, and Leno in the 65th minute nearly cost him a goal with a bad touch and a poor pass. Um... No, he can't but, change that because he played so well. In the yeah, so I think that's the only other one where I think Matt Ryan's been in better form. But um, apart from that, I thought not starting Martinelli, taking off a Bumiang when he did, taking off Odegaard, who looked like the only midfield player that could create something, and not changing the system. At least go free at the back, or you know, even if you're not going free at the back, you're playing you a, just you're playing something. four at the back, but the wing backs are doing what we said that, that you should do against Chelsea, push them, bomb it on. As soon as you got the ball, off they go. Play with one or five up top. With them bombing on. It never happened. 
It never happened. The only time Chelsea, uh, Chelsea, Arsenal looked good was when they swung a ball in to Aubameyang. And that was it. And if you're Arsenal Football Club at home against Villarreal, and the only way you're looking threatening is swinging a ball in in between two centre-backs and hoping that Aubameyang of his quality has got enough speed to beat a centre-back to get there... And then you're lacking, aren't you? You're really lacking. You know what the other sad thing? They needed, they just needed one goal, yeah. one singular goal at home, and they had they one shot. They couldn't find it. Target. And you want to know something? I honestly think if Arsenal scored first, there was enough about Villarreal that they could have found one with the shambles Arsenal were in. Villarreal wouldn't have been scared going into that. Yeah. No, no. They were comfortable. Emre uh, did exactly what he wanted. He got a win. He parked the bus. After 2-0, he would have been disappointed to concede the goal, but he still would have taken 2-1. They played for 2-1 once they went to the game in 10-10. And they, he knew straight away, I've got this. I'm going to Emirates. Fine, I've got this. It's the same way where I say that they had a chance in the Champions League, in the Champions League, in the Europa League final, because he will go there know how to set up his team. He knows what to get from his team. He knows how to play for a result. And he knows how to keep a team scoreless. Now, Man United are going to ask way more problems than the Villarreal side, but I would not be surprised if Villarreal go out there and do a job again. Would not be surprised. Yeah, it's going to be an intriguing final to, to look at, I think. If United score early, I think that game's done. But we'll yeah. cover that closer to the day when we know probably do we wanna, with regards to what the game actually means. Do we want to lead into the to. question, the question of the day? Let's yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I feel like we've nah, probably nah, covered we can a bit go of more. it already. I'll start off with it because... Yeah, we can go more. Yeah, I'll start off with it because I've sort of spoken a little bit about it already. So we've got... One big question today from Rods. Mr. Shadow, yeah, how are Where to now for Kick Arsenal? us off, Paul. So no, you kick I us think, off. Yeah, I think oh, it's tough. You could go in five different directions with this question. I think for me, I've been thinking about this a lot over the last few days just because I'm intrigued by it. I think it all hinges on the sale of the club. So I think if Daniel comes in, then things will turn around. I think with the consortium of Burkamp, Henri and Vieira, they won't let the owner make poor decisions because they'd like to think they're not going to be greedy. But I'm going to answer this question with the basis of the club not being sold because I think that is more likely because even though they're in a shambles, they're still profitable for the owner. So... He's not really yeah, Cron- a point Cronky in selling. loves so, the club because it's a massive, massive cash cow for him. Yeah, that's the only thing. So for me, I think Arteta being under contract shows that he's not going anywhere. I think the only way that whilst the Cronkies are involved or in charge, I should say, that Arteta loses his job is if the fans go absolutely bunter and the team is sitting near the relegation zone, like Liverpool were under Roy Hudson and like Chelsea were at one point under Mourinho. Yeah. So I think Arsenal are in this real fine line moment where they got to get it right, but I don't see a decision being made until there's a definitive answer on who's in charge of the club. I just had a side foot for the Arsenal job, by the way, just casually, sorry. What's Rafa Benitez doing at the minute? Nothing. I've thought Ooh, about that. Well, that too. is a very, very, very interesting prospect. Back to our yeah. old point, Damo. Would he want it? I actually think he would. Not after what happened with Mike Ashley. He'd be dumb. I think if an a, a owner of no backing 
got him relegated, practically relegated. Yeah, I feel sorry for him because new, new, Newcastle fans know that they had a quality manager and Benitez did everything to keep that club where he could. Yeah, so why would he do it again? If it's with the Cronkies, if it's with Daniel Ek, then I'd say I go think for if it. They, they sold the club. I think Benitez would be half a shout for that job. I think he'd be I'll, I'll, think that would I'll, give you an, I'll throw another one out there for you. And he should be. Maurizio Sarri. Another decent option. As long as it's not with the Cronkies. AVB still around? Never really got a chance at Spurs, did he? I think he's somewhere. I reckon he's... He, yeah, he's yeah. in he's yeah, at Marseille. So. He's in France. Yeah, he's at Marseille. But the thing with Sarri is, again, it relies on the same club. Why would Stan Kroenke put a guy in that will spit in his face and tell yeah, him true. what he wants? You know Sarri what I mean? Like, it's just, it, I've just seen the track record of these owners. They're not going to put someone in that's going to shake... Shake things no, over and feathers. Like it's just not going to happen, and it's it's what it, it's, that is genuinely what the club needs. Arsenal need a manager to grab that club by the balls and drag him through the shit. And they don't have a guy that's. And they're not nah. going to get that. They're not going to get that because they're going to speak out against the ownership. So it's just the and I feel I really do actually. I'm at a point where I really feel for their fans because even when Liverpool were in the shit, we still had supportive owners we still were looking to go in the right direction we got we transitioned out of um the roy hudson era and brendan rogers had come in with minimal experience what do you have two years at yeah. swansea came in but was he backed, was back got yeah. what he wanted they weren't major signings they were thrifty signings that turned out you know you're looking at eight million for coutinho and 12 million for daniel sturridge that turned that out revolutionized yeah. the team a manager is not going to get that at no. Arsenal whilst no, he's still at the top of that club. So if they don't sell, That's if they don't sell, which looks likely, where to? I don't they keep, think they keep Arteta. They stay no. put. They they become more closer to the relegation zone than they do to European football. That's my prediction. If that's the case. I'd rather be an Aston Villa fan if Stan Kroenke's still. Like, yeah, I'm being genuine yeah. there. Villa are showing more direction. Than Arsenal are, and that's sad. Like, this is a team that got promoted two years ago that play an exciting brand of football. They've got young talent, they're making big signings, and they're going places. Like, yes, they fell off this year a little bit. Still dangerous on their day, but Arsenal, you can't even say that about Arsenal. You can't say that about Arsenal on their day, they're dangerous, but. Can't, because you don't know what they're doing. Yeah, they're so inconsistent. And for a club like Arsenal, that is a real disappointment. Yeah, and it's just showing that. Arsene Wenger was just papering over the cracks because they had the manager who, you know, had the pedigree. And was that good the, at what he did? Yeah, but the board... Because Stan Kroenke wasn't in full ownership at that point either, but the other factor was they kind of had to keep him happy because of his time at the yeah. club. They've got no loyalty to Arteta. Why, why should they spend millions on Arteta? No, they shouldn't. You know? They, they won't. They don't need... But they won't. It's, for them, it's let's put as little money as possible to make this as profitable as possible. That's all this is at the moment. So, unfortunately for Russo and Shadow and all the other Arsenal fans, I think the progression of this football club solely relies on the sale of it. To doesn't have to be Daniel. Is that anybody? Just to sale to somebody that is willing to just help them out because it's what that? Yeah, they're in a real. Oh, Another manager, if they get sold, that should go there, Eddie Howe. This is the last one. 
got to be over. Nah, I think a lot of the work he did at um, Bournemouth was really good. No. From where he took him for in football. Yeah, but you, you got to remember, he took him all the way from League One all the way up, kept him in the Premier League for a couple of years, and it was very unlucky to go down. Different job. I think it's got to be like no. a Sarri. If, if, if I think it's, it's going to be a, a Sarri. Rebuild. Uh, Not football manager, Daniel. A Valverde. I think there's a manager there. Really do think there's a quality manager there. Not again. Not 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 ready for size. Arsenal probably just yet, but it wouldn't surprise me. Isn't he going to Celtic anyway? He might be. I don't know. I think he is. Think well, there you go. Hopefully, he goes and does well at Celtic. Celtic. He's a manager. I do right. And just another name that popped into my. I head. see someone like a a Sari yeah, Allegri. Just... This is pending. They sell, which I don't think yeah. they will. A Sari and Allegri. Yeah. <laughs> Conte, if he falls out, but he's going to have to win the nah, league. Conte will never leave. There's rumours of him leaving. Nah. Yeah. I think there's there's options there. Benitez as well. So there's definitely options there. But yeah, as Dom said, it, it relies on the sale of of the club. So let's try and move away from... Villarreal and all that. Yeah. Negativity. Let's yeah. go talk about Premier League that did happen. I'm just going to say this right to end on a positive. I believe this is Villarreal's first ever final in their football club history. I think that's just really nice and something nice to end on. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. I put it in the notes. Uh, I'm pretty sure I checked it, but I'm pretty sure... Fair enough. Let us know. Villarreal, that's his, their first European final. That's really nice to see. Wait. All right, let's talk Premier League, boys. Uh, Leicester lose, Liverpool won, Chelsea got a massive three points in, the, in regards to top four, because we were saying on last podcast, Paul, that West Ham Chelsea, lost yeah, West Ham lost as well, that Chelsea were the uh, the team that we didn't think we were going to get 69 points, but now that we said that if Leicester lost to Newcastle, which they did, um, Leicester wouldn't get the 69 points either, and I think this just opens up some doors to teams like Liverpool, and it would open up doors to West Ham if West Ham... Uh, um, this is just mental. Yeah, this, this, top, this fourth spot has got to be crazy. Leicester could genuinely not get another point this season. And they don't have enough points, I don't think, to stay there. No, they're on 63. No, so they'll fall out. If they lose the next two, if they lose to United and Chelsea... Yeah, and then have Spurs on the done. final day. Two years of bottle job. We've got a game in hand and we're only six points behind them. Yeah, and they run home's a very difficult run home. And for once, Klopp played Fabinho in the middle of the park with Thiago, and look what happened. Oh, no. Can I just say that we've started with Thiago and Fabinho four times in the middle of the park this season in the Prem. Guess what's happened in all four of those games? We've won. It's where Arteta panicked because it was a lack of experience. Klopp panicked because he literally had no centre-back and didn't know what to do. I would have much rather played kids at centre-back and had... That midfield that was balanced all year. Kept it solid. Yeah, because that can win your games of football still. But, look, we've talked enough about Liverpool and their defensive problems. I want to start with Leicester. What's going on? Is that a mental thing? Is that just clearly a mental thing from last year that they've gone out young there squad. and they've just gone yet? Yeah. They're a young squad. It's a different. It's almost a different team that actually bottled it last year too. Like they've I got really so many feel young sorry for them because I year. feel like there's a squad there that is good enough to do it. Yeah, so oh, I shouldn't be saying they're a young squad. Like I'm just looking at the team that started. You got Schmeichel, you got Castagna, you got Fafana, Soyuncu, Pereira, Albright, and then Diddy, Tielemans, Madison, Inacho, Vardy. That team shouldn't be conceding. No, it shouldn't at all. Newcastle just 
They have the habit of this Newcastle. We everyone goes, oh yeah, easy win against Newcastle. Actually, we've been Newcastle turn around and go, nah. We've been we've been making fun of Newcastle lately, but they've been pulling out some performances lately. They have, haven't they? Yeah, they had fourteen shots in this game too. It's not like they sat there and absorbed. Like Leicester had twenty five and nine on but target. But Newcastle still found fourteen chances. Had fourteen a and six bit on target. A and four bit of that goals. came towards City really chasing the game, and they became quite open, but. Um, according to Newcastle, thought they played pretty decent when I watched the mini game back of this one here. But uh, well, they four new up. You don't go four new up. No, 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 no. I'm just saying of... that uh, after two new, it really became evident that Leicester were really trying to find a goal, and they now they're starting to worry. I think, I think Leicester the really know that they have got the big game for them that I think they can win is United because United have so many games in short space of time. Um. But yeah, if they don't beat be if they tight. don't beat United, they've got Chelsea, which I would imagine with Chelsea being on such a high and Leicester being a little bit of a dip, Chelsea can win that game of football. Um, and I think a favourites for that game of football. It then will come down to if Leicester can win on the final day against Spurs, and it may come down to the final day. Whoever wins on the final day is in, whoever loses on the final day is out. That's and crazy. It could be mental when you're thinking of a side like Liverpool, Chelsea, Leicester, even West Ham. All on the final day could be separated by a point, two points, and it could be, you know, it, it, it it's like the good old days of like the playoffs and the championship where it used to be eight teams could make one spot. But yeah, yeah think, it could be nuts this one. I think three teams are playing. I for do one too. Spot. I think Chelsea. Are, I know it's only a point ahead of Leicester, but the game against Leicester, you know. On the 19th. That's the game that matters if it's about two spots or one spot. If Chelsea win that game. And they're playing each other in the cup, cup final. Well. Like, we haven't even spoken about that too. Leicester in the FA Cup. Like, it's just... There's so much on the Le- line. Leicester, Leicester choke top four, win the FA Cup. Successful season for Leicester. Does that give them a European yeah, spot? Yeah, I agree. Um, not a Champions League, but a Europa League. They're going to get, get that anyway. Yeah. anyway. I think... I still think it is the fact that they won silverware. If what happens if they lost in the final, the semi final, but and didn't make top four? Oh, we'd be disappointed because they're a side that looked no yeah. from the majority. Yeah, of the I shit. agree. Again, I think if they made the trip to Wembley and lost to in Wembley, at Wembley and failed to make top four, you could kind of say at least they made it to Wembley. But I don't know. <laughs> nah. Brendan needs this. I think he does too. And I, I think Brendan's been very too. unlucky. I think Brendan, what he's done there has been amazing. I always have... What are they missing? Uh, well, I know what they're missing. I, know, I think I know what they're missing, but you guys tell me what you're missing. No, I just more think that Brendan's just like a little bit of luck in his coaching career. I really do think if Liverpool... What... I'm not talking about that in general. This this exact team, this Leicester team, what do you think they're missing? One thing. What do you just think they're touch, missing? I know what I think Touch of world-class quality. Are you talking um, about a player, a position? Is something what element is missing in this team? I've got a thing in my head. Just a killer instinct, a winning mentality kind team. of thing. I reckon it's the Wes Morgan, Robert Huth, big, strong leader effect. Leader, yeah. They don't have a leader. Not, we talked about this on a I couple of podcasts team, ago, they Paul. They do not have a leader. The, modern, the, the old school, big centre-back leaders kind of gone out the yeah. window. We talked about that on a couple of podcasts yeah. ago. Is it? They no, I that. disagree. But there's no one in that whole team other than Vardy, and you can't rely on a striker to set that no, tempo. No, not from... There's no one in there with a bit of grit, a bit of hunger. It's a very... Polished team. It's a team full of technicians. So a great ball player. Fofana is yeah. a young centre back. 
Castagna's a fullback. Schmeichel can do what he can from goals, but it's not enough. The midfield's got Ndidi, hard-working, but won't say much. It's got Tierleman's a young kid. It's got James Madison, young. He's not a leader in that team at all. It's not a Henderson, you know? Like, There's not, not someone there that grab him by the scruff of the neck it. and say, here you go. And when they're falling, they're falling now. They're in free fall. There's no one there to say, boys, get on my back. Let's go. They don't have it. And that's what we've got. We've got that. And that's why I think we're going to get over the line. We're chasing. They're going to be shit. How do we stop this team that for three years was unstoppable? You know, I don't know how you stop it, though. You forget and make it irrelevant and just focus on games of football. But I think for Leicester, They've shown they can't Leicester do it, can't though. do it. I, I agree. I don't think they can. Um, I want him to. I do I too. Like him, I'll be. I'll, I'll, I wouldn't be happy at the end of the day, but I. I could be content. We don't I could be it. content of us not finishing top four because we don't deserve it. And I think this Leicester squad deserves top four money, and it deserves to give them a transfer window to say, "Hey, we're in Europe. We're in the Champions League. Sorry, uh, who wants to come and who can you sign? Uh, AKA Raheem Sterling. Yeah. You want to play in the Champions League and start? Here you are, and I think that could be really good for Leicester Football Club, but. I just don't don't think that they've got it. I think they could choke it again. I think they will choke it again. And it's a bit sad. I will also be saying that they won against Newcastle. I'm saying that they're nearly home. They need one more win from four games or three games. If we beat United, if we beat United... There is a rumour spreading that they're going to do another protest on the same day of the game again. And there is a strong claims from a lot of reporters that if it gets propo- if it gets postponed again due to fan behaviour, there is enough bylaws in the FA rule books that apparently the FA are very much considering as a deterrent, giving that game a forfeit. And that I would look as a Liverpool fan, I'd much rather that United Liverpool game to be played. I would much rather us beat United and make top four by beating United. But that could be a massive decision for the whole impact is that top four if. That game gets postponed again because the rumblings coming out of the Man United camp is that they're going to try and set up the same sort of protest. Do they have a game at Old Trafford before us? Mm, That's a big no. question. I know I put you on the spot there. If they don't, then I get it. But if they've got another yeah, game they do. before us, Wednesday they, no, Wednesday, they, they, Wednesday they play Leicester. They, they play dude, Leicester they at home. If, if they don't protest, no, if they don't protest that game and they wait for us, they, they are waiting shit. for us. That's kind of why they're doing it. That's just well, that's stupid. Dumb. De- that is dumb. Defeats the Make purpose. Make your point. Turn up on a Wednesday night. Exactly. Defeats the purpose. So, in that case, give us a three nah, points. They now. won't the do that. They're going to be assholes about nah, it. Nah, look. Being they won't. St- exactly. The league will be done by the time we yeah. play them, Dane. Because City just need to win one more game. So, I think I think the distraction of us playing them before. Because if we'd won, we would have won the City no, they, And that was the issue. United need to win both their games. So, they play twice before City play. And they have to they have to win both, including us. Yeah, but when the game oh, initially yeah, yeah. got postponed, I think if they'd lost, yeah. if they'd lost, it would have handed City the league. And I kind of get that because I can't. I can, I'm hypocritical. What are Liverpool fans notoriously known to doing before big European games? They get out the terraces early and make life. Yeah, happen. they do, but you don't go always storming on the pitch and doing what they did. Yeah, but you don't go storming on the pitch because you know there's a, there's you know, a game coming. You can go inside the yeah. stadium. The fact that they haven't been in the stadiums for a year and a half shows that they just want to go inside. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I get it. Look, we talked about the last planned. podcast. We don't need to speak about it again. I, yeah. I agree with what they did. I understand why they went on the pitch, and I would have done the same thing. Just if they do it again, 
what do you do if you're the FA knowing that there's because oh, I tagged you in it because we I was joking that they would do it and then all of a sudden there's bylaws in the FA rule book saying that they have the right if a fan base or a supporters base prevents a game going ahead that they can award the team the forfeit which ludicrous but I'm not saying that I want it and it hurts me to every part of my body to say it but if it meant us making top four that we had a forfeit win against united as much as that leaves me the most dirtiest taste in my mouth i'll shake your hand right now I'll run three points thank you yeah of course you would because we want to be in champions league so anyway that's gonna be no, a, that's a, a massive that, that, that's huge that's week. huge and it's a big game and yeah. i really want it to go ahead and it hinges on what happens this yeah. week too so if united lose to leicester then this whole conversation's yeah, it is because all of a sudden, because all of a sudden, Leicester is watch, watch it. United rest players; they got to play two days after that Leicester game. They'll rest players. Leicester will get the win. I'll go out on a limb. I, I, I don't know. I think United might go the other way of the two and know that if they do lose to Leicester, and then all of a sudden it goes wrong, they lose to us. No. That Leicester could potentially catch them. Nah, nah. I think nah. They're seven points ahead of them with the game in hand. Their league's done. Their league's finished for them. I don't know. You lose to Leicester, then you lose to Ars, and Leicester win again. Well, gap goes down to a point for the final game of the season. Yeah, but then they play Fulham. Yeah, and, and they play win. Aston Villa. Their like, do you want it, you, you want you want that to go to the final day of the season between difference finishing second and third? It, actually, saying that, difference? What's third, third? What's the difference? Um, I'm trying to remember if. I'm pretty sure in the Premier League, actually, top three automatically go into the group. No, it's four now. Top four straight. Into oh, the in that stage. case, then, it doesn't even freaking matter to sit and be in Second to third so to My point's redundant. Yeah, my point's redundant. They, then they're resting for That's what I'm thinking. Us. Yeah, straight away, no qualifying. Oh. Yeah, because we didn't qualify. Chelsea didn't have to qualify for this. All right, All right look, let's talk about the Liverpool Southampton game because I want to I'll mention leave this to you to add nothing to do us. with this one. Touch on it um, Look, Fabinho back in the middle of the park, thought it was great for us. Uh, by the way, it was the first time we actually pressed super high, like old school Klopp um, in a while. Um, Nat, Nat Phillips and Reese Williams, um, new set about punch. I put the question to you, uh, uh, oh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the one in discussion. I actually disagree. I think if you watch that game back, which I, I watched the full 90, Allison was unreal. He was immense. Um, I think on a different day, we would concede. Yeah. So, you got man of the match in a 2 new win. Yeah, I, I reckon that that's no. There was a lot of questions being asked about that on Redman TV, and you could make arguments for it, but I'm against it. I think that we should try and I don't know what we do at the back. You know what? I would only be for it. You're going to play I'd only be for it if you're playing for Benny and Tiago in the middle of the park. Then bowl means do it. Um, Not against United. Tiago's first goal for the club, big tick. Um, only downside to us was that the fact Chelsea beat City. And let's talk about that, boys, because that result is massive in the whole top four race. Oh, mate, Sergio. Oh, my. I just don't get why. If you're two new up or whatever, go Penenka. It, I believe it's the goal to equal the club's goal scoring record if he scores. No, he already broke that. I believe it's it to, is. Um... It's to pass Rooney, I think. It was, it was definitely something. It was, it was, it's oh, a milestone goal, and he stepped up and tried to Penenka Mendy. Uh, if he just goes and side foots out in the bottom bin, it's 2-0. All of a sudden, City Chelsea aren't coming back. City win, and all of a sudden, we're talking about Liverpool being red hot to be in the four. Now we're talking about, it uh, depends on what Leicester do against United, really. But, um, yeah, look, I, I don't believe that Aguero missed the pen, and from that moment on, City looked lost. Lost. They were... 
at shambles. And that I think this is mentally massive for the Champions League final as well. Yeah, Chelsea dominated. Oh, they were half, but the other thing the other thing was though, like City went really away from their identity, which surprised me a lot. Like they lined up with a you know, back five. The team was weird. And it was just Yeah, one in the why. middle, one one proper yeah. midfielder as well. Rodrigo was, was their only recognised. So you want to know why? It was Pep going, we're going to play these guys in the Champions League final. We just played in the Champions League. I'm just going to rest players. And I still think we're good enough to probably no, get the why, why And to be fair to Prep, if he gets in at 2-0 at halftime, it's a master stroke. I've rested so many players and i got a result. Great. No, I think he just overthinks things. I think Pep knows that he's so good. that he's, He just tried to go. I think he just tried to match it like yeah. like. Like he just thought. You know what? I think this know. is Pep going, could I do this for the Champions League final and go like for like? I think this answer to Pep was no. Go play your football. It's not the worst thing to lose to him before. Well, if you're going to ever try something, do it then. Like, do it then. And They've lost to Chelsea. Yeah. City, City, FA Cup semi final, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, again, we're heavily rotated side, though. So it's just one of those things where it's. Is there. I don't know. You just. It's just the mind games. I think. It's I think Pep's keeping his cards very close to his chest and not letting Chelsea yeah, really get a proper crack at his city boys until the final. And this is, yeah, this is going to be. We'll do a dedicated. Oh, we will to, to the, the final, final of the Champions League Europa League. We'll probably throw the FA but, Cup final in there too. That'll be around then. Yeah, the FA Cup finals. Week yeah, week, FA but, Cup finals this week. Um, yeah, there's got a lot of talking points, which I think look. For the for the game itself, Zayic has got oh, unbelievable quality. That's such a strike and a half. And then I felt the was it Alonso? Yeah, he like he like missed yes. kicked it and hit a doy or yeah, yeah, it was, it was... <laughs> it's just, all I saw it, all I noticed of it was yeah. so scrappy. But I was just kind of like, whatever, like you know, you're gonna beat City, good on you, well done. Yeah, everyone loves seeing City lose. Keeps the momentum going for Chelsea. Look, we need Chelsea to be in good form so they can knock Leicester off yeah. for us. So end of the day. If Chelsea are up and about, get through the cup final. If you guys are playing for a double this year after where Lampard had you... There's a lot of shades of 2012. We sacked the young manager. Brought it... Yeah. yeah. I said that on the podcast. It's it stunk of Di Matteo effect. FA Cup and Champions League, yeah. Yeah. Where is Di Matteo these days? Is he even doing anything? No, I don't think he coached since. He's probably just sitting on a beach somewhere going, hey, I've done things in football. I'll tell you right now where he is. Alrighty, right, you got him. He, I right, remember he coached at Villa. He coached at Villa for a year, and then nothing. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Did he? And then nothing huh. since. There you go. There's a throwback. Uh, one of champions. Yeah, he doesn't, doesn't matter. You what's your one thing, Paul? Right, we've got one thing to touch on, which I'm very happy about. From ah, oh, rub it in my face, go. My other, my other prediction came yes, through pretty much on the money. So Port Adelaide, uh, as I said last week. Got the job done. I was a bit disappointed that they didn't put their balls on the table and wear the prison bar. Were you happy um, with what they did the afterwards? No, I thought it was yeah. dumb. There's a um, few people that love it. There's a few people that haven't. Um, I think Eddie... More more effort. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie loves... Whatever. A bit of banter. Yeah. Is what it is. Same thing, as I said. Sort of the gameplay was going to be um, pretty you know, tight first half. Second half, I just felt we really just kicked on. Didn't really find ourselves until the last quarter and then managed to put just away. You know, put it away and the quality sort of shone through and I felt for the Crows a bit because their team was absolutely decimated by Yeah, injuries. it was. Especially Rory Sloan playing blood in his eye and he got the most fantasy points in the game. Well done, mate. 
same thing with Trav Boak. I thought he was done, to be perfectly honest, yeah. as well, um, moving forward. But from that, I was happy with the result, not happy with the performance. The other thing we need to talk about, because we did some predictions a while ago about the good old championship. Yes, we have. And we've actually got some of it wrong, now that I'm looking at the table. So we predicted, we predicted for it to stay the same. On the, it's, yeah, it didn't stay the same in the end. So I just want to get the Discord up quickly because I've got the table in front of me. I think it's a pinned message, isn't it? It is, I think. They? It should be. View? If you scroll up, you'll find them. It is not. Oh, here it is. We've got... Oh, we only got the, the final. So we've got... Brett. So my predicted final can't actually... We both predicted the final. It actually can't happen anymore. What was the table finish? So... The table finished. Brentford yes. in third, Swansea yes. in fourth, and on the last day, Barnsley and Bournemouth swapped positions. Barnsley and I don't fifth, mind that though because we could get a Barnsley um, Brentford final, Brentford and that would be final. perfect because we want either one of those two teams to come up. Nah. Yeah. So I reckon we'll. So touch now I wouldn't mind Swansea coming up either, week. but yeah. Nah, I don't really care about Swansea that much. So. Look, Brentford are seven points clear of Swansea. Surely they All get I know, done, look, we'll cover Watford's that. coming up. Ben Foster week. YouTube channel shout out. What a what a what a, a oh, what a legend. I cannot wait for GoPro in the back of the net for Premier League games. Oh. Yeah, that's gonna be good. Oh, but yeah, this be good. So we'll cover that next week. We'll cover probably some of the Premier League fallout from the weekend. It's just it's heating up at the moment. So first of all, if you haven't joined the Discord, make sure you jump in there and leave us some questions because we are going to need some new topics to cover once the season is completed so Damo and I have a few ideas of where we are going to turn to but we've probably have that opportunity for you guys to give us some input before we break away for today's episode boys we'll start with Dom do you want to say goodbye to all the thank you for having me again boys Great to be a part of, and just touch, just, no, just touch pleasure. on the Discord again. Yeah, pleasure, mate. I only joined it today, to Saturday. It's actually like great, great value in there. Yeah, good banter oh, with you, the boys. You've you unearthed a little bit of a diamond in the rock in the in the rough, Dom. That Discord is quite good without hyping it. <laughs> it. It is nice. It's a good set yeah. of boys. Dame, look. All I'm gonna say is, lads, I don't plug much. But the Discord is unreal. At the minute, Damo is back full-time on Football Manager. So my Twitch, where you can see more of me talking football, which for some people would be absolutely irritable, but for some people, they love it. Um, my Twitch is Damo underscore 23. We just did a Liverpool double in the season that this season. With all the injuries and everything, we came back from a negative 15 points down in the ESL because they gave us all the ESL sort of sanctions, whatever. Negative 15 points, 100 mil fine, couldn't make a transfer signing all year. We won the league and the Champions League over City in the final. So hopefully Chelsea do the same. Um, but yeah, we're actually going to do a youth-only sort of challenge. and I've got some crazy rules from season two onwards. So if you're interested in that sort of thing where we turn Liverpool into, you know, quite a youthful setup with 10 seasons in mind to have the whole of Liverpool just built on youth academy players. Um, come check the, the, the Twitch out. We're a lovely set of people. It's mostly the guys in the Discord over there. And you can ask me questions about the podcast there as well. We're pretty friendly there as well. I don't plug it much, for I'll plug it in my goodbyes here. And for me, always a pleasure with this podcast. I really love enjoying them. And Paul, send us on our merry way out of this podcast, mate. Beautiful. So, 
Yep, similar to Damo. So this weekend I'll actually be starting a, a new series which I recorded the first episode for ages ago, but life has been life. So if you are interested in FM, so Damo's going to have his youth to glory with Liverpool. I've got my first stream of Benfica on Sunday. So there's plenty of Football Manager content coming your way. So for Damo, make sure you follow Damo at Damo underscore 23 on Twitch and Double M, and then follow me, Paulie, with three Ys underscore 29 on Twitch to catch all that action. Thank you once again. Make sure you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and a little comment there on how we're going. Thank you, everybody, for all your support from Australia, from Germany, from the UK, and from America. And we will see you in the next podcast.